is NAB Show Live. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Brian Seth Hurst. This is part two of trying to explain virtual reality, augmented reality, all of the realities. Um, we're coming to you, this is NAB Show Live, produced by Broadcast Beat, and we're coming to you from the glorious grand lobby of the Central Hall, and my guests for this segment are Ed Lance from Vortex Immersion, Joanna Popper from HP, John Canning from Digital Domain, and Josephine Muniz from the ARVR Association. Correct. So I, the best part about this is I actually get to talk to my friends. <laughs> I actually get to know what each of these people are doing. Part of my responsibility at my job is to know what each of these people are doing. <laughs> so um, this, the title of this is Realities Explained. There's so much confusion going on in the marketplace. Um, maybe not so much for storytellers, but for brands, for consumers, XR, VR, uh, MR, uh, domes. So what I want to do is, I'm going to start with Ed, because Ed is not in headset for what Ed does. Then we're going to go to Joanna, who has the new HP Pixel headset that's a game changer. Then we're going to go to John Canning from Digital Domain, who literally has to know what tools are at his disposal and what will suit the customer best. And then we're going to go to Josephine for what the industry thinks and how they are organize themselves around all of these realities. Right. Ed, tell us about Vortex Immersion and Domes. Oh, we have a video for you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do we? Said, said stand by, doesn't have it yet, but the great thing is I got the video without sound so you can talk oh, and okay. he'll just run it. So tell us a little bit about Vortex Immersion. Well, not to add to the confusion, Brian, but uh, what we do is uh, technically called spatial augmented reality. Uh, it's where, <laughs> where we project pixels around you, uh, so you don't have to wear glasses or goggles. And this is really best suited for location-based entertainment, out of home, large groups. Although you can project it in your home, too, if you, if you, if you want to buy a dome or project on the walls. But, um, and, and we do events in domes up to 200 feet in diameter, 2,500 people. And uh, we're building a 2,500 seat theater in Phoenix. So uh, that's part of a domeplex, so there'll be smaller domes as well. So the content requirements for dome, you just can't take a piece of content that's made in virtual reality and upconvert it and have it look great. Well, it practically is plug and play. If you uh, produce insufficient resolution, Although you do need to decide which half of the sphere to use, so you're cropping out the spherical image and using a hemisphere. So sometimes you have to rotate the area of interest around, and, and we generally seat unidirectional, so everyone's facing the same direction, so the action is moving around you like that, rather than like that. So, so here's your video playing, Ed. Oh, right on. So this lets us know a little bit about Vortex Immersion. I actually had the opportunity to attend a childish Gambino concert, thanks to you, yes. in the middle of the desert, which was a trip. Um, For more reason than one. <laughs> yes, which was watching so much going on around you and the integration of a live performance and what was going on in the dome. I can't understand why that's not going to be like normal for every concert. It could well be, uh, Brian. And, and what's cool is uh, the Pharos Dome, uh, those shows are VJ'd live off of, uh, originally off of dual Unity server, now af uh, after five 
off of five um, Unreal servers that we then take those sides of the cube, you know, and stitch them to a, a fisheye and then split it out differently to the projectors. So yesterday, just briefly, we were talking with Pete Luday about light field technology and the new standards that they're trying to, to establish for that. Is it possible that light field and dome projection will come together and give you like as much of a holodeck experience as you could have up to right now? Hey, I'll take it if, they sell, if they're selling it, for sure. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, You're the so discriminant. <laughs> uh, for capture, for sure, uh, light field is a great, uh, has some great advantages for capture and for uh, projection or display. Uh, it's a little more challenging. Um, like the Sphere Dome, the Madison Square Gardens is building here in Vegas. Yep. They broke ground. Uh, that's 18,000 seats, and it's an LED screen. So it's still really 2D, uh, though technically you could do two, 3D. And it's LED inside and out. Like the skin that's of right. the dome is LED that's as right. well. So that's that's uh, 177,000 square feet. Indeed, and and so for us, that's the arena where we take our shows when they graduate to the big league. Great. So this is a new a new medium coming. It is a new format, and we think it's going to catch on big time. Yeah. And still immersed. Yes. Okay. Location-based entertainment. So I've been to the Void. I've been to Pure Imaginations, Alien Descent. Had a blast in all of them. Um, and they say that a lot of people will have their first experience in location-based entertainment. Your headset is game-changing now in terms of resol resolution and field of view, correct? Yes. So can you talk a little bit about HP's role in location-based entertainment and this new headset? Sure. Because this is virtual reality. Absolutely. Yeah. Or mixed, right? Yes. Okay, we'll talk about mixed yes. in a minute. Go okay. ahead. Uh, so so every, most people know HP. The company's been, it's our 80th anniversary. We were founded in a garage. You don't look a day, no, go ahead. Thank you so much, <laughs> thank you so much. So company founded by the two founders in the garage working with Walt Disney on the movie Fantasia. So a very long and you know, exciting history in media and entertainment and, and always being on the forefront of technology for media and entertainment. So we're here with our Z brand and we're also here with all of our virtual reality products. So everyone come to the booth and visit us. And What's in the booth number, please? Oh, I don't remember. It's in the upper Wait, wait, wait. I think I have it. I sent it to you, but yeah. <laughs> Keep talking. Um, okay, so, so on the virtual reality side, you know, so, so HP has been inventing and reinventing the future in technology for 80 years. We see virtual reality and immersive computing as the future of computing, so it's really important for us to be working on the forefront. And we have many products in the market already. We have some, the VR backpacks that you may have tried at the location-based entertainment places that you've been that allow you to have that experience of free roam VR, and so you don't feel the wires and cables that are you know, holding you and back. And I just want to say so well organized in the way you get into those backpacks. Yeah. I wish from scuba diving perspective <laughs> it was that easy to get into the yes, tanks. Waterproof ones coming soon for scuba diving. Just kidding. Um, so so we've got, we have some headsets already in the market. We sell workstations, laptops, towers, all, all VR enabled or VR ready. But this, we just announced two weeks ago our new HP Reverb, which is our new headset. There are about, I would say, three things that are really exciting about this headset. There are more than three, but three that I'll highlight. Um, one, that it is built on the Windows Mixed Reality tracking system, so it's inside-out tracking, meaning that people don't need external cameras or tracking or lighting systems. So it is a little bit more of a plug-in. So I don't have to set up anything in the room. I don't have to room scale it. Okay. You don't have to set up external cameras. You do have to do a little bit, a tiny bit of room prep if you want to do multiplayer, but if you're doing single player, it's really just 
plug into the computer. So that's one thing that's exciting. That it, it, and it's, it's tethered to the computer. It's tethered to a computer, yeah. So it's so it's easier in terms of the the usability and the setup. The in terms of resolution, which you mentioned, it is. 2160 by 2160 per eye. That's about 2x our previous headset and 2x most of the other headsets in the general price range in the market. And it is it is very comfortable. It's very lightweight. It's only 1.1 pounds. And a lot of the weight gets taken on the back of your head. That so you looks don't like feel, an innovation that you don't see in the others. Yeah. Right so yet. you don't feel as much of the weight on the front. It doesn't pull you yeah. forward. And if you do have a ponytail, like Brian, you can also put your ponytail through the back, which nice. makes it easy and comfortable for, for many people. So we're really excited about it. Um, we'll be selling them. They'll be shipping starting late April, which is really soon. U.S. price is $649 for the enterprise or commercial version. And we, we see that this will get picked up by location-based entertainment in a big way, lots and lots of interest, as well as other, other um, virtual reality partners in the area of architecture, engineering, construction, higher ed, product development, healthcare, and enter enterprise training. So lots, we're really, really excited about it, and we're just starting off in VR, so a lot more coming from us. That's great. Cool. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. So John, um, in the interest of, of full disclosure, John and I are working together on a project uh, yet again. But John, you and I, part of the challenge was when we started to work on the project, we, we, what was it going to be? What were our choices in terms of technologies to choose? Was it going to be interactive? Was it going to be mixed reality? Was it going to be what we're, we're turning out, what we're doing is light field technology for capture? But all of these different things that you have to explain to clients, I'm going to put it on you and you to explain first VR, then MR, then AR. So you've got VR and MR, John. Go. Go. 30 seconds or less. Um, I mean, if I take a step back for a second and think about it, I've, if I start looking at what we do as content creators, I start looking at creating visual effects for any screen. Then I start talking about how do we create a story. So when we started our project together, we said, what are we trying to achieve? And then we backfill into what are we going to use to do that with? What's the, what's the right device? What's the right medium? And it's more about what we're trying to achieve from a, a consumer standpoint or the viewer standpoint, and then less about the technology. Then we dive into the technology, right. how to best serve that. And you know, so for me, the AR to VR is more of a continuum. It's about opacity. You know, it's it's you know see-through world here, complete occlusion over okay, here. Okay, so AR is the see-through world for people yeah. who don't know. That's this. right. AR is the see-through world, and then you move that opacity slider to complete occlusion, which is a VR headset, which in some cases is exactly what I want to do for someone. If I'm putting somebody in a training simulation and I want them to be completely immersed in that environment, I don't want the real world to bleed through that. But if I'm in a situation where I need situational awareness and information overlay, then I may be back on this slider over here. So as we looked at our project, we were looking at, we want to transport somebody, put them completely in an environment to be right there. And so we think about VR. Then we just start saying, I mean, the big tough part, I think, for all of us is we're trying to plan a project six months out. Well, I think, in all fairness to the project, we're trying to plan a project that is future-proof. And so, my job. Good freaking luck. My <laughs> job, well, you're doing pretty good so far, John. My job was to, to describe to you as best I could a user experience that had yet to exist. 
and then to find the technology to make that experience um, wholly real, more real than it has been in the past. And that's why we went to, to Digital Domain and John because there were so many things that we had to look at. Um, and John, I think we, we spent about a year looking for the right yep. technology. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, it's literally, somewhat of it's trying to future-proof, but it's also, it's, we're flying a plane and building it and trying to figure out where we're going to land all at the same time. So we're looking at partners that we're going to bring along with us that they may not be ready exactly today for what we need, but where are they going to be? Where's that intersection moment where we bring all the pieces together? And I mean, that's the, the exciting part about this, and I think also the challenging part of it is we're all, you know, got the Ouija board out going, oh, all right, what is it going to be? How's it going to look? Um, so but we know it's going, the nice part is just like that headset, right? We knew things are going to get better, the resolution's going to get better, the field of view is going to get better, the ergonomics are going to get better. So we know that these things are going to continue forward. So we can, we can look at that, and then we just try to figure out where that, that moment is, that intersection. So when you look at um, telling the story, you're actually saying, you know, what's the story you want to tell? What's the best way to tell it? Then we move over to augmented reality and people don't realize they're living with augmented reality every day of their lives yeah. right now. Yeah. So if you've got a heads-up display on your on your Mercedes-Benz windshield, that's, that's augmented idea. reality. Yeah. Yesterday we had AR wall in here, which was augmented reality virtual set that you could actually put yourself in. Right. So your background is in augmented reality. It is, yeah. So when you define augmented reality for a client or for the consumer, What's your, what's your definition of it? I'm telling them it's the integration between kind of the real world and a virtual world. Even though it is augmented reality, we're combining two things together to make sure that that consumer is feeling and experiencing one experience. They don't have to put a headset on, obviously, but they still get the experience that there's something going on that really shouldn't be going on. So it's almost a feeling of, oh wow, this is super cool. Um, I'm still in my world, but I'm experiencing virtual things that shouldn't really be here. And I really started very simple because outside of working with the VR AR Association, I now work with Live Nation. And I'm on the merchandise side of Live Nation. And we're thinking about products and how do you get people to experience these products rather than say, oh, I'm going to a website, I'm going to buy an artist t-shirt. We want them to see it in a completely different new way, and that's how we're kind of bringing AR into the fold as well. I think the thing that's important for people to understand is we really do have to start with the consumer and what they actually want and need from this technology. Virtual reality is great for some industries, and AR is great for other industries, and I think that's where I'm excited about immersive technology as a whole, because it fits into every single industry out there, but you have to start with the consumer to really drive that demand. So how do we, obviously product research in a headset, mm -hmm. you, anything, it's like any new product, a consumer, if you're a marketer, you have to convince them of a need yeah. that they have. Like in the early days of TiVo, I was on the team that built the user experience for TiVo. Right. You had to build a use case for them so they could understand absolutely why it was a had to have. Yeah. We don't seem to have any, other than maybe the VR association, AR, VR, we don't seem to have any marketing association no. or any sort of thing that's able to com com communicate to consumers what the value proposition is. Correct. So Ed, I mean, he can go to a, to a music label and say, here, we're going to create this experience. Instead of being in a theater or an amphitheater, you're going to be in a dome. Gettable. Consumers go in, they experience it. That's a little easier mm -hmm. than 
saying, what do you mean I have to, this point of friction where I got to put on a headset to experience it? Oh, and by the way, that isolates people. Oh, wait, and you come back and oh, by the way, we're able to sync all those headsets so they're all having a, a unified experience. And the theater owner goes, why? Right. You know? But then it's bringing that experience and that headset to them, which is why I think LBE Entertainment is actually going to be really successful when you think about having the headsets where people are in the malls, at the airports, things like that. So we're, we're so actually. I would, I would say on our side, we're focused on the enterprise market. And so in the enterprise market, you were looking at the conversation around is this going to increase your revenue, decrease your cost, decrease your, your increase your productivity, decrease, you know, increase your efficiency. efficiency. And so, you know, I think the number is something like 30% of businesses are will will be using VR in by 2020, and, and maybe even even more than that. And so in some and in some of our customers it's even higher. For our, in architecture firms, 60% yeah. of large architecture firms are using virtual reality in some way yeah. in their business already. So I think on the enterprise side, there are clear, very clear uh, ROI that you see. You know, another example would be around training. So right now, if you are doing a training, people tend to retain 5% of what they read, 10% of what somebody tells them in presentation. So whoever's watching is going to retain 10% of what we're saying, all those pearls of wisdom, but 75% of what they experience in virtual reality, because they have that experience of doing something or you know, being very immersed in an interactive whole body experience. experience. Right, so it, it lodges itself as a memory, not as some, you know, information coming at you. Yeah. And so when you find, when, so, so there are clear areas where the ROI is there yeah. and, the, and, and it's, about, it's about making sure that that information is shared. With, with the end consumer in this case, any, anyone who's doing any sort of training, whether it's manufacturing, first responder, inter, you know, inter, uh, enterprise, military, and seeing how much more effective their workforces will be using a VR training. Just imagine yeah. someone on an oil rig that not necessarily in a VR, but in, a, in an AR headset, mm -hmm that is being spoken to by a supervisor is able right. to see the problem through the camera exactly. and is able yeah. like like Absolutely. diffusing a bomb. Don't right. pull the red wire. Right. So Don't you have that, you you have that with AR for sure. And then yeah. to take a step back, you know, how do you get that person ready to even be on the oil rig, right? How do you do it in a way that's not dangerous, that's not too expensive, and that gets them really prepared? I don't and know so if you, you the were, best way to do it right now is in virtual reality. I don't know if you heard the last panel, but about the VR for the incarcerated, where they actually put on the headset to experience what the world is like now. Mm -hmm. So they're acclimated yeah. to it before they yeah. get to it. There's a, there's a lot of great use cases. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you think about it, what we're talking about is purpose-driven, right? Yeah. It's the, it, it's the same when we talk about LBE. You don't go in marketing VR. That's the wrong thing to market. Mm -hmm. We're marketing entertainment. Yeah. Go have fun with the family. Right. These, these become tools to go do that. Right, and we're evolving those tools. So you know, you don't say to somebody who's going to work, "You need, let me let me promote the laptop." It's just a tool that I do the job with, right? right? So these these become we need you to do more effective training. It then becomes how is the training more right. effective? Here's the tool sets to use. Or how do you give that the best entertainment yeah. experience? And virtual reality can provide that because it's so much more immersive and interactive that you really become part of that entertainment experience instead of just watching that entertainment experience. You know, we are hoping that the consumer uh, headset market uh, goes strong because for us that's like home viewing of the out-of-home experience. So Beyonce is performing in the Big Dome 
you put on a headset at home and you're like there getting the full immersive experience. You know, we're, we're producing live now. The company also produces live. And we're in the middle of editing and post-producing. So we took the live footage, now we're post-producing. There's a lot more we can do with the live footage. And the, the, to your point, it's like what, what is making something more compelling an experience in a headset than it would be on a flat screen? What will give you the experience that will your that your body will remember mm -hmm. that because you're you're there? What what does that do? And in terms of and John and I have had this discussion in terms of sports and esports and spectator sports, the difference and so creating those user experiences, we're all doing that and raising the bar, right. and yet we still get to the getting back to consumer and entertainment right now. We still come up to this line where it's like. And now we've got this and we have to explain it. Yes, yes. it is something that um, has to be done, unfortunately, it's time, because it's new technology that a lot of people, even though we talk about it a lot within our industry, it's not really shared ex externally with other um, industries. So when I'm talking to people in the music industry, surprisingly, a lot of people don't even know what augmented reality is, and I have to go in and it kind of explain the process of mobile AR um, rather versus web AR um, and things like that. So there is an education that is still that we're still working through, and that we still need to understand that we have to do regardless. And I think it's easier when it comes to virtual reality, honestly, because once people see that headset, they immediately kind of have a sense of what's going to happen. But with mobile AR and with AR as a whole, it's a little bit harder because they're trying to understand understand, wait, how are you combining the two? How's this technology working? Well, and I'd argue that most of the, the cases that we're trying to get consumers to do with AR are stunted, right? Most of them are marketing, you know. The, oh, but I know. love that NBA <laughs> AR app where you actually go into the, right. I mean, the portals that you go into, It's there's a ton of fun going but, on. But when it's useful, right, yeah. it goes beyond the marketing gimmick, right? Like the cell phone is probably the worst thing for long form AR. Right? Yeah. It's the ergonomically horrible, I gotta hold it up, you know, how long do I do this, right? <laughs> but it's, you know. Very this, strong this, left arm. Yeah, this is very strong left arm. Um, but it is just a step along the way. Yeah. The experience yeah. is when you at a concert and you're everybody, you know, do this, and they're having fun and they're playing with it, they don't yeah. think about, ooh, this is AR. Right. It's yet yeah. another thing I've yeah. added to the entertainment yeah. experience. Yeah. Telling what, what, the story. One of the things we hear from, from our partners who work directly with the customers in terms of putting on a headset or putting on a backpack, so you know, spaces that they have their Terminator experience or uh, two-bit circus with a raft or nomadic with their zombie experience, um, is that in those experiences, you would need to put on a backpack to, to if you're going to fight zombies, you're going to need something to protect you. If Hold you're going to fight ghosts, so like if you're a ghostbuster, yeah. it's integrated in the storyline, and that sometimes people get excited about like getting geared up. Shoot so up, yeah. you know, you have to have the right brand ambassadors or the right people in operations working working there to, to create that for them, but that they actually can create excitement in that yeah, experience. Yeah, and that is that is the experience. And it's something it's new. Just old theme park experience where you're prepared and you're watching the video of life on Tatooine before you take the star tours. Yeah. We are out of time, and there is so much quick. more to discuss. Ed, <laughs> Joanna, John, Josephine, thank you so much, first of all, for leading, being in the business, leading innovation, and being able to explain it. <laughs> and thank you for being here today. You're watching NAB Show Live from the Las Vegas Convention Center, and we'll be back with more in a moment.